Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. I want to welcome you to Calvary Live. So blessed to be hosting today's program. I am Jeff Figgs. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado. And I am looking forward to taking your calls for the next hour. You can ask your questions as uh, you call in. The number to call, 303-690-3000. Again, 303-690-3000. And maybe you have a question about the Bible, as you've been having devotions, or you heard uh, a sermon or a teaching. Uh, you want some clarity and understanding. I'll do the best that I can to be able to bring that to you as we go to God's Word together. Maybe you got some questions about Christian living. Uh, I want to be able to bless you and to point to you the truth of God's Word in every way. So 303-690-3000, we have open lines. Uh, I pray that uh, you would consider calling in and being a part of the show today. I want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners in Colorado and in southern Wyoming. Uh, You can uh, call in uh, at this time and be live on the air. Also, for you at Hope FM Radio Network on the East Coast, you can call in as well. You're a week delayed, uh, but if you call right now, somebody will answer, and you can be on the show and ask your questions and give your prayer requests as well. I want to welcome all the online listeners all around the country that listen online. You too can call in at 303-690-3000. There is a text line that you can call in, uh, not call in, no one will answer it, but you can text a question, and that is 720-336-0897. Again, that's a text line only, and uh, as we have time in the show, we'll go to the t- uh, questions that are on that text line. Let me give it to you again uh, at 720-336-0897. Well, we got a beautiful day here once again in Colorado. We have entered into the Christmas season. I trust and pray that uh, all of you had a very blessed Thanksgiving. And now as we enter into the Christmas season, uh, I just uh, pray that we would uh, really begin to uh, focus on what the season is about, and that is the Lord, and uh, what Uh, Christmas is to be about the birth of our Savior. So I want to read to you from Luke chapter 1 in verse 36 as the announcement is made to Mary that she's carrying the Christ child. We read in verse 26, Now in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. And then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great, and will be called the Son of the Highest, 
and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And so the Christmas story is such a magnificent story, isn't it? The birth of our Savior that came 2,000 years ago. And I pray that uh, we would keep that to focus and that of our Christmas season and be able to share that with others as we meet with friends and coworkers and family members. And what a blessing it is to be able to share that, um, the coming of the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. Well, it looks like phone lines are uh, are lighting up, so let's go to James in Washington. James? Uh, yeah. Yes, thank you. I appreciate taking my call. I just was calling for you prayer, bet. if you could. Um, yes. Just so much, uh, my world is just falling apart. I don't have a job, my big car, income, just everything. You uh, bet. I'd love to pray with you. And so, Father, we pray for James, for his job, his income. He, he, You know the situation. You know where he's at financially. But, Lord, I pray that you would supply all of his needs, that you would uh, help him in, in these areas that are very important to us in our lives, to be able to be provided for, to have a job, a job that we can enjoy and excel in. And I pray that you would provide that for him, that you would bless him, that you would uh, guide him and lead him in every way. And again, you know his circumstance, and I pray for my brother. Um, I thank you that he called in, and we just lift him up to you. And Lord, I want to lift up all those that this Christmas season that perhaps are are going through uh, just some difficulties with job situations or finances, that Lord, that you would just show yourself strong on their behalf, provide for them, uh, because you're the one that guides us, provides for us, and it will supply all our needs in Christ Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, James, we'll be praying for you. All right. God bless you. Thank you so much. You you bet. All right. When somebody hangs up, we have an open line. So 303-690-3000. Let's go to Debbie in Aurora. Debbie? Yes. How are you? You're on Calvary Live. I'm fine. Thank you. Good. Uh, I have a question that really bothers me. I've been hearing it. And I'm just, I think it's because I'm growing more and more in the Lord, and so I'm getting all these different questions. Um, but the one question that's been eating at me is I hear people, you know, on the Christian channels and even my family and friends, and when people say, like, the blessed hope or the hope, I don't look at, you know, Jesus and God as, like, hope. I mean, to me, it's like, it is. That is. There's no hoping about it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and and one of the things, Debbie, about, first of all, just the word hope, the definition of hope, the biblical definition, is different than the way that we use the word. We can say, I hope it's sunny tomorrow. I I hope that, um, you know, this takes place. I, I hope the Broncos win on Sunday. The biblical meaning for hope is a certainty, because the Word of God declares it. And the blessed hope, that term that you use, specifically Paul uses it in Titus in a reference to the return of the Lord. Um, He is talking to Titus. Uh, He says to him concerning the the return of the Lord, uh, as he says, um, I'll find it here, um, that looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. 
we know that we have, Peter writes in, in his first epistle in chapter 1, that we have a living hope uh, that comes through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So speaking of eternity, the, the so precious salvation that we have, he goes on to write about in that chapter, it all comes through Jesus Christ. He is our hope, just like what you said. There's no other hope. Um, it's only Jesus. He went yeah, to right. the cross. He died for our sins. He rose again, and now we have that living hope uh, that comes through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, as Peter writes. And then we also have the blessed hope uh, of um, the return of the Lord. So whenever that word hope is used, it's it's certainty. It's coming expectation, and we can um, know that it comes from Jesus. And that's one of the things that I try to uh, press, Debbie, um, is— that Jesus is our hope. It, it isn't in the government. It isn't in religion. It isn't in trying to be good. It's in Jesus alone, right? Right, right. Yeah. Right. So, good question. So, and so that so that ahead. word hope, biblically speaking, means it's for, it's certainty, not in the English way that we say hope. We're yeah. just hoping. Yeah. You know, I hope that you know I get a certain present for Christmas. Uh, you know, that's how we use the word. But in the biblical definition, it is coming expectation because the Word of God has declared it. We have a living hope. We don't hope we go to heaven. We have the surety of heaven because we come in faith to Jesus Christ, knowing that he rose from the grave. So that's how we right. use the word. Yeah. Okay. So hopefully that okay. brings some clarity. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, and then the blessed hope, Debbie— we have the blessed hope. We know that Jesus Christ is going to appear once again. He's coming back. He said he's going to come back. It's not that I hope Jesus comes back. It is he is coming back because we have the blessed hope. And so that's how that word is used. Right, and that's how I take everything that I read in the Bible to be a fact. It's a fact. Absolute not a truth. Hope. Yeah, it's it's absolute um truth from Genesis to Revelation. And that's the other right. thing that's very important to remember because uh, I've said this many times on the show before, one of the verses that we as Christians need to remember is Second Timothy 3.16, that all Scripture is inspired by God. And it's not some Scripture, it's not most Scripture, but all Scripture is God-breathed. And uh, that's what I love the Bible, because Me you too. can read it in its truth, and you can be sure... Uh, that applies to us even today. And we have, isn't that, that's part of the Christmas message, isn't it? We talk about hope, we talk about joy, we talk about um, goodwill towards men, all these things at the Christmas season, but it only comes through Jesus Christ in a relationship with Him. Right. Okay, yeah. I just wanted to kind of clarify that word, hope. Yeah, that's a very good question that you ask, um, because okay. it is coming certainty expectation, because the Word of God declares it. We have the hope of heaven. It's certain that we who come to faith in Jesus, man, we're going to go to heaven. Right. Okay. Thanks, I Debbie. appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate your, your good okay. question. It was a good question. Well, okay. God bless you. You too. Have a good evening. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley, ready to take your questions and prayer requests. Also, the text line for you to text in, 
any prayer requests or questions is 720-336-0897. And let's see, let's go to Karen in Thornton. Karen? Hi, Pastor Jeff. How are you today? Good. How are you, Karen? I'm doing very well, thank you. Um, would it? I was going to ask you before I ask my question. Um, would it be a problem if I just had a a comment of encouragement for James who called earlier, and, and any of those that are suffering this holiday season and any time yes. really? But sure. I heard a pastor say one time that when we're going through these troubled times, don't see God under the greatness of the problem, but see the problem under the greatness of God. And I think that is so powerful, because we get so focused on our problems, and we forget God is God, and this is not a problem for Him. Yeah, and one of the things that I've always said is my tendencies when I'm going through, you know, just uh, needs and difficulties and challenges, or whatever the case may be, is I have a tendency to magnify the trial rather than magnifying the Lord, and that's what we need to remember. So, yeah. Appreciate the encouragement. Yes, yes. So, well, my question today is, um, Pastor Jeff, if you have the resources, or how do I go to resources to study the authors of the New Testament? And where I'm trying to get at is, um, like, you know how James and John, the sons of Zebedee, um, they were known as the the men of thunder, but was John that John was he the one that wrote the book of John and then first and second and third John, and right. the brother James was he the James that wrote the book of James, or were they Jesus's um, like I know Jesus had a half brother James, so how do you know the differences of these men? Yeah, and that's a good question because um, it is believed that John perhaps was a cousin of Jesus. Um, and that's been speculated. Uh, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, the sons of thunder. John would be the author of John's gospel. It's the last of the gospels that was written towards the end of the first uh, century. Matter of fact, um, when you read his gospel, of course, he's writing to show that Jesus is deity, that he is truly the Son of God. But it's interesting that I was kind of even taking note of this, um, that at the end of the first century, they were going through a lot of persecution. And uh, he, he leaves out, like Simon of Cyrene bearing the cross, that the Synoptic Gospels focus on, because it could be he's trying to protect them um, from the persecution, because Simon of Cyrene was the early church leader as well as his son. So you start making some of these connections. Now, James actually became the first of the apostles that was martyred uh, for his faith, as you read in the book of Acts. Uh, He was killed by the the sword um, in Acts. Oh, I got to find it. But he's the first to go uh, in the early church. And uh, he was put to death. So uh, he is um, killed. And then we have, after that, Peter leaves. Um, actually, it is in chapter 12 of the book of Acts. Now, when you go to the epistles in the back, James, that little epistle, and Jude, James was believed, and Jude, to be the half-brothers of Jesus. Um, and James was the early church leader. You read about James in the 
book of Acts chapter 15. So there's a lot of names. There's different James. There's different, you know, Johns. And one of the books that really helps me out is a book by Dr. Paul Benware. It's called Survey of the New Testament. And it really helps sort out the, the times that these epistles were written or the New Testament. The authors um, kind of sorts all that out for you. So that's a good resource. As a matter of fact, I have it here with me all the time uh, because it's, for me, it's good to know the authors, who wrote it, during what time. And he also wrote Survey of the Old Testament as well. And it's just a, a, a help to us. Um, as we study the scriptures, who actually James was it? James, um, the brother of John, no, because he didn't write in any of the books of the New Testament. Uh, but it was James, the half brother of Jesus, who actually tradition says that he was thrown off the temple um, and martyred for his faith in Jesus Christ. So those things you kind of pick up on. Oh, good. Okay, because, you know, some of them, like I understand the half-brothers, they didn't really actually, some of them didn't even believe, like Jude, right. until he was, you know, they they never right. believed that. So I, that's why I'm going to try to get an idea of when they're writing this, who's really writing it. Yeah, and, you know, here's kind of the thing that was kind of a—we're uh, going through Luke's Gospel on Sunday, and— um, we're going to finish it this this month. So we're actually talking about the crucifixion and burial and resurrection of Jesus during this Christmas season, which is, um, you know, we don't have our holidays mixed up. <laughs> it's because we just happen to be there. But we finished chapter 23, and we went through that story of Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea that went to Pilate to ask for the body of Jesus after he died on the cross. Mm-hmm. Here, here's the interesting thing that I noted, uh, Karen, was that none of Jesus' family went and asked for the body. Mary uh-huh. didn't. Yeah. Um, James or Jude didn't. They didn't go to Pilate and say, we're family members, because at that time, the humiliation of the cross continued after they died. In other parts of the world— Oftentimes, crucified victims were left hanging on the cross till they just kind of rotted off, or the birds of prey came and and ate at them. Right. Here in this case, the religious leaders wanted the bodies off the cross for the Sabbath and the Passover. So we know from John's Gospel that to hasten the death of the crucified victims, the thief on the left and right of Jesus, they broke their legs. But when they came to Jesus, he was already dead. So they thrust the spear up into his chest cavity and pulled it out. And out came the water and blood, which medical examiners will tell you was evident of a, of a, a ruptured heart. But Jesus laid there on that, you know, hung there on that cross. He was facing being thrown into the Gehenna Valley there in the garbage heap. We don't always think about the burial of Jesus. In Paul came along and he said that Jesus died, you know, for our sins, according to the Scriptures. He was buried and rose on the third day, according to the Scriptures. So God took care of all the arrangements. But I find it interesting that none of the disciples asked for the body of Jesus. None of his family, James and Jude, did. Mary didn't. She was ushered into John's home. Um, You know, Peter wasn't there, who said, Lord, I'll, I'll stay with you. I'll I'll never leave you. 
Um, but all of a sudden, out of the shadow came these two men of the council, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, uh, to take care of the body of Jesus. And from the time that Jesus was betrayed in the garden by Judas until the time that he breathed his last, he was in the hands of men that beat him, um, that scourged him, that mocked him. And all of a sudden, these two guys, what they gave up, their reputation, their their status, their position, to lovingly take care of the body of Jesus. It's really an incredible story. But I do find it interesting that his family didn't make the burial arrangements. It, it was Joseph and, and Nicodemus. That is huge. You know, I've never even thought of that. Yeah. That is, well, thank you yeah. for doing that. I love those kind of moments, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I thought of that when you asked that question, and, and we kind of went over that, so... Thank you. Now, I'm sorry, tell me again, Survey of the New Testament, who was the author of that? It's Paul Benware, B-E-N-W-A-R-E, and I'm sure that he has, he's authored many books, he's a great, great, great author, uh, Survey of the New Testament, Survey of the Old Testament, Paul Benware, Dr. Benware. Ah, oh, perfect. Thank you, Pastor Jeff, I sure appreciate bet, that. Karen. Thanks for all that Thanks. information, I enjoy it. You bet. Thanks, Karen. Thanks for calling in. Bye-bye. All right, 303-690-3000. We have open lines, and we're going to go to Joel in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Joel? Yeah, hi. Hello. Hi, Pastor Jeff. How are you, Joel? Pretty good. Uh, The question I got from you is, is like, my whole family was raised in the South. We're all Southern Baptists. My dad was a deacon, and it just goes back and back, but... My sister got married, and she moved to California and then became a Mormon. And she's uh-huh. been a Mormon for, oh, probably the last 15, 20 years. She goes to the temple, marries dead people, and that whole nonsense. But right. she was, you know, baptized, you know, and everything else, as a, you know, as a Christian woman. Does she lose that salvation, or, I mean, or does it, you know, I, I don't, that's what I'm asking you, what, what happens on that case? Yeah, well, I don't, I Here's the thing, people, you know, you have situations like that or people that were raised in the church and at one time they they seem like strong believers and then they come along and say they're not believers anymore. Or they join a cult like the Mormons um, that believe in a different Jesus. I think only the Lord truly knows the heart. Um, I do believe in the security of a believer. Um, I I believe that the Bible speaks of that, um, but... You know, here's the thing. Um, we like to, we to think about it, or we debate it, and all this. I don't know. I, you know, that's the best I can do, which isn't very uh, satisfactory to you, I know. But I don't know. Um, I know that the Mormons. I, I, you can be concerned because they do believe in a different Jesus. And, oh, they, yeah, uh, they're they're totally off the wall. I mean, I, I mean, right? Yeah. And the thing is, you yeah. can't. You know, she's my oldest sister. You know, you can't even bring it up. My other sisters, you know, we'll talk and stuff, and it's like, you know, we don't even go there with her because, you know, uh, you know, like mm-hmm. the marrying of my grandpa and grandma and you know all their stuff. And I'm like, uh, no, that ain't what the Bible says. You know, yeah. And, and even when, even when you confront a Mormon with the fact that, you know, their so-called leader predicted when the world was going to end and everything, and then I said. And it didn't happen. So what does that make him? A false prophet. Yeah. It's, right. I got right. dyslexia, so I'm I'm pretty much black and white. It, 
you know, <laughs> thing. So I'm just like, uh, to me, that tells me right there that's a false prophet. Is you that whole religion is yeah. wrong? And and there's a number of things. I think for me, when I witness to a Mormon, is I bring it back to Jesus, who Jesus is. And uh, one of the characteristics of uh, the cults, uh, Mormons, Jehovah Witnesses, is they deny the deity of Jesus Christ, the eternal existence of Jesus, because they believe that he's a created being. So when you talk to her, if you ever get a chance to, um, and just um, in gentleness and in truth, you right. know, ask her about why do you believe? You know, that's what I do. I say, why do you believe that? Because, you know, and get them to think a little bit. I, I stay focused on Jesus, um, you know, okay. and and who Jesus is, who he truly is, and then the grace of God. Um, because one of the characteristics of the cults is that you have to earn your salvation. And, of course, the Mormons, we know that they believe that there's, uh, three different heavens, and oh, this, yeah. you know, highest, yeah. you know, and that's why she's yeah. doing the pro- proxy baptisms and the temple things, so she can oh. earn her way to heaven. So those two things, if you can bring her back, because listen, Joel, somewhere in her heart, the word of God that she grew up with is there, and right. you need to just water it, and okay. pray that God will bring it, that it'll germinate. And come forth, and um, and that's what we can pray for now. But yeah, it's it's um, as much as you can, just be able to share and say, you know, sis, I love you, and I know that this is a part of your life. But I just want to understand what about this, and just kind of come at it from that angle okay. that you know that this is the Bible. You know, you grew up in the Baptist church, and Jesus is. Uh, eternal and the creator of all, not the created, and that there's only one heaven. You know, 1 Corinthians 15 is not talking about heavens, it's talking about a new resurrected body, a celestial body. So anyway, um, I'd love to pray. The other thing that got me was the fact that, you know, what does it say? You know, our God is, you know, a jealous God. There's only one. There won't be so how do you think you're going to go to that third heaven and be a god and make your own people? You know, that's just like, think about it. I mean, that's just common sense. That's for, you know, it, it ain't going to happen that way. You know what yeah, I'm saying? And, yeah, Joel. And, you know, you can show her Isaiah 43, 44, 45 in those chapters that there's only one God and there is none other. And, um, exactly. you know, the the oldest lie from the very beginning is, uh, Satan said to Eve, if you eat of that tree, you can be like God. And um, it's a deception today. So, hey, Joel, can we right. pray for her? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Father, I thank you. Charlotte? Yep, Charlotte. Father, we do pray. I thank you for Joel calling in. He cares for his sister. She grew up learning the Word of God in the Southern Baptist, uh, which I know that they are very, um, very firm and, and um uh, hold a great value in truth and the Word of God. And I pray that that which was planted in her would begin to come forth about the truth of Jesus, who he is, the grace of Jesus, um, that um, the deception that has come, that you would open up her eyes spiritually, that you would uh, 
help her to understand the truth of what God's Word says. And I pray that you give Joel wisdom in ministering to her um, the truth of your Word and truth of salvation and concerning Jesus and give him the words to speak. And I pray that you would work and draw her to yourself in every way um, in opening up her eyes to come back to the truth. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. You, you bet, Joel. God bless you guys up there in Wyoming. All right. We're going to go to break here as you hear the music, and we're going to be right back after the break. I know some of you are holding. Just hold. We'll get to your phone calls, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. I am Jeff Biggs of Calvary Chapel Greeley, and I am in studio ready to take your calls. You heard the number, 303-690-3000, or you can text in a question and prayer request at 720-336-0897. Tom has been waiting from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And so let's go to Tom. Tom? Pastor Jeff, hello. And good How are you? On my time. Yeah, great. Yeah. It's, it's good to have you guys on the East Coast join us. I love it when you guys call. Absolutely. So, I'm uh, running running late from work this evening, and usually my <laughs> nights that I run late, I get an opportunity to listen to your broadcast. So Good. I do want to appreciate everything that you do and and uh, all the uh, the information and knowledge that you've been able to attain and, and share that with everybody. That I think that's wonderful, so I thank you for well, that. Well, it's a blessing. It's a privilege. So I guess uh, two things, um, just a, a pretty easy uh, question. Um, it's something that I've been stewing over for a little while. Um, there obviously is no immediate answer, so I'm not expecting any answers to this why, but I would uh-huh. love to get your uh, insight uh, and maybe some uh, argumentative, uh, not argumentative, but not agreeing with scholar information if this was ever brought up or <laughs> talked about. Uh, okay. um, and then a simple prayer request, if, if, if you wouldn't mind. No, I don't. All right, so to my question, my question is this. Uh, now, related to the way that I asked the question, and no other way, if you don't mind. Uh-huh. Okay. So when God says uh, he will—the he, he, first fruits, he keeps his aside because they're holy. That, uh-huh. that, I'm, I'm being lack of descriptive on the first fruits because I want to base it off of this secondary question, which is part of that first one. Mm-hmm. Why is it that in biblical history, the last or the youngest son is blessed by God and not the first fruit? Well, I'm not sure exactly what you're asking to to me um the um the youngest is blessed 
what I see in the Old Testament is he asked for the first fruits, right? Yes. Be- because we have a tendency to give him the leftovers. That's what I've always said. Um, he wants the first fruits. Um, he wants the first fruits from us, um, of our time, of our resources, um, of our devotion. He wants those first fruits, and that's what I get from that. Um, we know that in the Old Testament, of course, when the children of Israel went into um, Jericho, that the Lord said, listen, when you take the spoils, they go to me, because he wanted the first fruits of that, and uh, the first fruits of the harvest. So that's what I remember from the first fruits, and then it shows me that, Lord, you desire the first fruits because I have a tendency to give the Lord the leftovers, the leftover of my devotion, of my resources, of you know my service to him, rather than the first fruits. Um, as far as blessing the youngest son, I'm not quite sure where you're going with that. Yeah, so I guess my kind of interest is, is if you look at history, first fruits. Mm-hmm. I get what your I get your point, and I'm with you. Right. Uh, that's sure. that's kind of my theology as well. However, there is some correlation to the blessings that were bestowed upon the firstborn male of the right. tribes throughout throughout the history. But it's interesting to see where the favoritism would always fall towards the first male, based off of the belief system of the of the Jewish people. But God always blessed the very last one, which was always an interest to me. And I always thought, hmm, but we're to set aside first fruits. But I see, I mean I get this this like again, I my theology is yeah. the same as yours. Um right. but I just thought is there you know, is there has there or is yeah. there any type of correlation or has anyone ever talked or discussed I, that that you may have known I, in your I, circles? I've never heard of anybody talk about I think maybe an example or are you thinking of uh, with Esau and Jacob. That's um, a great one. Uh, Joseph, I mean, there, you, you can go on and on. Right, There's Joseph. Uh, yeah, and it is uh, specifically that we know that, uh, I, I was thinking as you were talking about, um, the younger is going to be blessed. Um, the older is going to um, serve the, the younger. Uh, because usually, like you said, the older what I understand and what I've read from um, Jewish uh, culture was that they received a double blessing. And it's probably from the law of the Old Testament. I'd have to search it out. But I believe the Old Testament says that they received a double blessing um, or a double inheritance. They also received a blessing. And what ended up happening was is that um, it was um, Jacob for a pot of uh, or you know, made a pot of stew. Esau, who sold his birthright, or um, for a pot of stew, and then he didn't receive the blessing. But through um, that deception of Jacob, he ended up receiving it. So, um, yeah, the older usually we know that Joseph uh, was uh, the favorite son of Jacob, and he was definitely not the oldest. You know what? The best answer that I have for that, Tom, is. I think a lot had to do with their hearts. Joseph was an incredible young man. Here he is, 17. He gets sold off into slavery in Egypt, and yet he was one that, when you read his story, he had such a heart for God. He didn't give give in to temptation. He didn't 
complain when he was in prison, but he continued to serve the Lord. He had such a heart for God. When you look at Jacob's other sons, it's kind of hard to read what they did and um, you know some of the things that they were involved in. But Joseph, he just had godly character and integrity. Sure. When you go to Esau, of course, the New Testament says that he was a very carnal man. Um, yeah. And we see that he was willing to sell his birthright for a bowl of stew, and and um, and Jacob, even though he was the deceiver, he still was the one that was chosen by God. So I think that's the only real correlation well, that I can see with that. It. Yeah, and um, yeah, that's, that's hopefully... interesting that you made the comment about Jacob. So yeah. if you look after he wrestled with God, God put His finger in His head. He then recalled him and renamed him Israel. Right. Right? So yeah. why then, after and future, and New Testament as well, were they always saying, bless the, bless the fathers or the gods of, of, they didn't say Israel, they said Jacob. Right. Just, they, yeah. The, yeah, I always the thought God of interesting. Yeah. And, but there's, there's never, the there, God, you know, there's never the God of Israel, it's the God of Jacob. Yeah. And, and here's the important thing in that that I take from it. Because you do see, you know, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob um, is that title. But, you know, it was Jacob that he was sneaky, wasn't he? He was conniving. He was resourceful. He was one that anybody on, you know, any firm on Wall Street would want to have. You know, he was just that kind of guy. And he goes to Pandanaran. You know, he's there 20 years. He he's oh, yeah. meets his match, Uncle Laban, all that. He comes Absolutely. back after conniving and all of this for most of his life, being deceptive. He comes to the brook Jabbok, and all of a sudden he's wrestling with the Lord, and the Lord touches his hip, like you said, and it yeah. comes out of socket. And he and then the Lord says, "What's your name?" He said, "Jacob." And it wasn't that the Lord didn't know his name; the Lord knew his name. <laughs> But he said, now you're going to be called Israel, which means what? Israel means governed by God. Yep. And you see, that's what he desires for all of us to really be called Israel, governed by God. That's why he called the nation Israel. And it comes through a lot of times, Tom, through the brokenness of life. A lot of times the Lord has to break us, and, and all of a sudden Jacob is in a place all by himself, he can't go forward because Esau is coming at him with 400 men. He can't go back because Uncle Laban said, you come back and you're going to be put to death. And all of a sudden, he can't connive and sneak and plan and wiggle his way out of that situation. But the Lord comes up and he says, that your name now is going to be called Jacob, governed by God. And I think that that's what he desires to do with all of us. Because I know for me, I'll speak for myself, if I can come up with a plan, if I can think of something how to get out of a situation or a solution, I'll do it without consulting the Lord or going to the Lord. And the Lord desires for us to be governed by him in every area of our life, in every way of life. And that's what I get from that story. Um, and yeah. Jacob ended up being called Israel. Yeah. Grace is good. Yeah, it is. Good that question, is good. Tom. Yeah. Hey, thank you very much for taking uh, taking my phone call. You bet. I appreciate you listening. You guys out there on the East Coast, what a blessing it is to have you guys be part of the show. Well, uh, 
I, I pray for you that you'll continue to uh, share yeah. the, share the gospel. Yeah, and then you had a prayer request, Tom, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, my mother's been she's been uh, struggling uh, through cancer for about six years now. Um, okay. She she needs strength, and I just okay. I'm always asking around if you know anybody that uh, anybody that believes yeah. in Jesus and it's a good you know opening door for me is yeah, you great. just help help pray for strength for. Yeah, let's do that, God, Father. God's we pray. Will, but, yeah. yeah. Father, we pray for Tom's mother. We pray that she's been battling cancer for six years, um, going to be entering into another year. I pray for strength for her, for healing. I pray that you help Tom minister to his mom. Lord, that you strengthen her body. Lord, um, just bring healing uh, from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Strengthen her in every way, but Lord, more than anything, just draw her to yourself. Bring comfort to her. Um, Lord, just minister to her in every way, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you again. You bet, Tom. Blessings to you. See you. Bye-bye. Let's go to Mike in Colorado Springs. Mike? Hey, Jeff. How are you, Mike? I'm doing well. It's been a long time, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) I got a lot of friends down there in Colorado Springs, and it's always good to hear from them. Yeah, well, you sure do. It's been good to see you. Uh, yeah. Well, no, I'm just I'm kind of struggling. I was diagnosed with MS back in the 90s. I okay. drove for about 15 years. Now I had to get out of the truck because of the MS. Right now, just waiting for uh, Social Security and all that good stuff to come through, and it's just it's just tight. And I just well, I wanted to say hello, but also just to have you just lift me up in prayer because, you know, that never hurts to get all the... You know. No, it doesn't. I appreciate you calling, saying hello, Mike. Yeah. And just remember, you know... Who, you, know you know who you're talking to yet. I, I think I do. And, um, <laughs> but it has uh, Lord, been a Lord, long time. Lord's, Lord's blessings on you, man. I just you I too. just rejoice every time I hear how well the fellowship's doing <laughs> Considering yeah. it started out of it just, well, well, we'll take a chance and go up there and do a Bible study. <laughs> yeah, and God's been good to us. You know, this January, yeah. it'll be 22 years. Oh, my and, gosh, uh, that long, bud? Yeah, I think that was the last time I saw you. So, oh, yeah. God is, Let me, God, is so, God is so good. He is. And if you ever get up, come by and see us, okay? You know I will. Okay. All right. Let me pray for you, Mike. Father, I pray for Mike. It's, it's, it's good to hear from a brother from a long time ago, and I pray that you would um, just bless him as he's battling MS. Strengthen him. I pray you provide for him, um, Lord, that you encourage him in every way. Bring healing to him. And, Lord, um, I thank you that, that I can hear his voice, and we thank you for your faithfulness, for your goodness. And, Lord, um, touch his body. Strengthen him. Provide for him in every way. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I'd like to take this moment just to lift my brother Jeff up to you, Lord. You would just continue to bless him with wisdom and your knowledge and your understanding, Lord, things that you desire to be more greatly and more passionately every day, Lord. Continue to fill him with your spirit, igniting, Lord, just setting on fire, that he would be contagious and infectious with your love. Your grace, your mercy, and your goodness.
Jesus. Thanks, buddy. Good you Keep in touch, okay? I'll do it. We'll see you. Okay. God bless you. Talk to you soon. All right. Still got time for you to grab one of those lines, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Carlos in New Jersey. Carlos, you're on Calvary Live. Oh, oh hello. How are you doing all right? Yeah. How are you, Carlos? What can we do for um, you? Oh, uh, I'm all right. I'm just going for a prayer request. Uh-huh. I really like calling because um, I feel like you answer my questions twice or you pray for me twice every time I call. Yeah. Well, great. Yeah, Super. And it's, yeah. Yeah. And I hope it's a blessing for you. It is. I get to hear it next week. I, when I tune in next week, I'll get to hear my voice. And That's right. Same prayer request. Yeah. Yeah, so I feel you like bet, you prayed for me twice. <laughs> so, so what's your prayer request? Yes, I just went to the lab to get some um, blood work done, and I was uh-huh. calling so you can pray for me so that everything goes well. Okay, absolutely, we'll do that. And Father, I pray for my brother Carlos, and I yes. just thank you for his encouraging words, uh, him calling in. He's going in for blood work. I know how that is. Um, and that process, and the way for the results, I pray that the results are favorable, that, Lord, that you would just minister to him physically, that, um, Lord, that whatever the results are, that, um, Lord, that you would touch him, that you'd minister to him, strengthen him, Lord, that if there's anything that comes up, that you give uh, any doctors or anything just wisdom to treat him. But, Lord, we just pray that everything would come back to where, Lord, um, comes back normal or in a good report. That's what we ask for, for favor. And so, Lord, um, do that work in my brother Carlos. I thank you for him calling from the East Coast. I pray that you would bless him, that you would encourage him this Christmas season in every way. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Have a wonderful You bet, night. Carlos. You too. God bless you. Okay, we do have some time, uh, 303-690-3000. We now have open lines. Well, I just got a minute. I want to uh, invite you out to Calvary Chapel Greeley, for those of you in the Greeley area in northern Colorado, as we are going to continue our study in the book of Isaiah, 7 o'clock. We have a place for all the kids and uh, youth groups, and it's a wonderful time that we have. The book of Isaiah is an incredible book. We'll be in chapter 11 this week and then uh, continuing on uh, verse by verse through that incredible prophetic book of the Old Testament. So 7 o'clock is when we meet. You can check out our website at calvarychapelgreeley.com. Don't forget about Sunday mornings, 8, 9.30, and 11 o'clock, three Sunday morning services. And we'd love to have you come and worship with us as we're studying Luke's Gospel. And uh, and then we're going to be letting everybody know about our Christmas services uh, on Christmas weekend. We'll have four family services, and looking forward to that. Uh, but the Lord has a lot for us as we get towards the um, Christmas weekend, and it's a wonderful time of the year, and it's a time of the year for us to proclaim that Jesus Christ came to this world, the Savior of the world. There's a lot of text uh, questions that have come in, and uh, and um, I want to pull some up uh, and see if we can sort through some of these. Um, let's go with, well, one question is that, uh, Pastor, what book, The Story of Joshua? 
in the wall of Jericho. That's in uh, the book of Joshua uh, in the Old Testament, Leroy. And so you can look at the first five books. You have uh, Genesis, uh, Exodus, uh, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And then Deuteronomy ends with uh, Moses dying. And then the leadership goes to Joshua. And then you have the book of Joshua, which is a book of victory. So just look in uh, the book of of Joshua um, and you'll find Jericho is mentioned there. Matter of fact... Let's go to, as the phone lines are ringing once again, let's go to Chris in Colorado Springs. Chris, you're on Calvary Live. Hello, sir. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. And I want to thank you guys for spreading the gospel. Um, I listen to you um, in the morning and in fact, um, every day that I go to work. And I, I want to thank you and, and you're helping me out a lot. But I have a question, please. Um, you? I've, I've been a uh, uh, Christian. Um, for since I was 17, I'm 48. Um, the last 10 years, I'm having a real, real calling um, to go and serve the Lord a little deeper, and I'm wanting to become a pastor. Um, I'm wanting to know if you can help me. What are the steps I need to take um, uh, so that I, I can I can do that and serve the Lord in that way? Well, it's interesting how I'll I'll kind of tell you how. Um, here at Calvary Chapel, what my experience is, kind of what I look for um, as a pastor, uh, how I came up to be a pastor is probably not the, not the most conventional way. Um, it was 25 years ago that um, I was ordained as a pastor. One of the things that um, I think is helpful, first of all, is your study of the Word of God um, is important, uh, that we know that an overseer, a shepherd, an elder, a pastor, according to First Timothy chapter 3, is to be one that knows the Word of God, is able to teach, go through those qualifications, look at those things, to be blameless, not a novice, not a new believer. Uh, is um, Those qualifications are listed there. But then also, do you belong to a church? No, sir. I just moved okay. to the Springs, and I'm... I'm, I'm I've been here three months, and I'm I'm having a hard time finding a church with my job and everything. But I do have church every day on the. Uh, I, I pray the Lord, and um, I do need yeah. to have fellowship. But no, sir, I, I I don't have a church as of yet. And, and that's the reason I'm asking, Chris, is try to find a church that you can get plugged into and involved, and start serving in that church. Go to a church where you really believe in the. Um, philosophy of ministry of the church, um, how they teach the Word of God, uh, their leadership, um, because I think that's important. For me, Calvary Chapel was was a ministry that I really believed in, um, the, the focus of the teaching of the Word of God and uh, the focus on being a servant. And, um, and that's the way that I would encourage you to not only is there, um, you know, Bible college or taking classes online, continuing your education in Bible study, but also I think just as important as being involved in in a ministry and in a church and start serving and um, serve in practical ways. Um, I know that, you know, one of the things that Pastor Chuck used to say is if you can serve in teaching children, if you can get children to understand, then eventually you'll get adults to understand. 
Um, just serve in whatever capacity you can and just begin to know the leadership, spend time with the pastor, um, and then you'll see God working. And um, Because here's the thing. You mentioned something that was very important, to know your calling, and ministry is a calling. It's not a job, you know, a career and all of this that sometimes gets treated that way. But allow the Lord to work in your life to where that you are involved in a ministry, involved in uh, a church, um, and um, where you really can um, stand by and really be supportive of the philosophy of ministry, and, and then go from there and talk to your pastor, talk to the leadership, how you can serve, um, and how you can plant yourself in that church. And I think that's a real key. Awesome. Praise God, brother. Thank you so much for that. Um, one more thing, please. Um, can you, you pray bet. for me um, that I might be able to um, to um, get uh, find me a church, first of all? Um, and and can you recommend one, too, please? So first off, can yeah. I have a prayer to find a church? And if you could recommend one, I'd really appreciate that, sir. You bet. Father, I pray for Chris. As he's just new to Colorado Springs, there's um, a lot of churches that are there. But you would take him to the right church, and that you would— uh, Help him get planted there, uh, a church that where uh, he can serve in, uh, be a, uh, a part of that church and, and serving how you might have him to serve, um, to um, be able to be planted. And, and Lord, that day by day, um, that he would know that it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts, that you would guide him and direct him in every way, direct him to the church that you would have him be a part of, and the calling that you're putting on his heart, that, Lord, that you would prepare him and that you would uh, keep working in him in every way. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, Chris. Thank you, brother, so much. Yes, sir. Yeah. A couple recommendations that I have. There's a lot of good churches in Colorado Springs, so these are you know, not the only uh, recommendations, but I know two of them. One is Rocky Mountain Calvary with Eric Cartier, uh, matter of fact, that's where I began my ministry 25 years ago when it was a small church and uh, moved up here to Greeley. And I just got plugged in, started serving um, any way that I could, just being there to support the pastor, hold his arms up, uh, learning the Word of God, uh, continuing to grow in the Word of God. So Rocky Mountain Calvary with Eric Cartier, he's a good friend of mine. It's a wonderful church, uh, great, great believers there in fellowship. And then also Al Pittman of Calvary Worship Center. Uh, he is on the west side of town, uh, and he is a great brother in the Lord, too. A, a good friend of mine. I love that man. Uh, has a wonderful fellowship. So those are two recommendations that I would make. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'm going to hit. I'm going to try and hit both of them, and, and um, I'm going to start uh, getting on the, the right path to uh, becoming a pastor and serving. I don't want to be a pastor for many, many, many years, um, but uh, my, I'm, my wife, uh, she's not a believer, and um, and it's, it's been a dampening on my on my relationship, but um, the Lord has he's been calling me for many years, and it's time that I just I put everything down and give Him my life. So, And I appreciate you very much, and God bless you, sir, very much. Thank you, Chris. God bless you. God bless you. Bye. All right, we're coming to the end of our show, and it's been a great show. And whatever calling the Lord gives to you, I just want to encourage all our listeners out there 
that there's always a time of preparation and then a time of presentation. And you see that in the book of Leviticus. In the book of Leviticus, it talks about um, the ministry of the priests, uh, how to serve and to worship and obey a holy God. And what you see in the book of Leviticus is a very important principle that I believe is there. And in Leviticus, um, this is for uh, any ministry, that in chapter 8 you see that the priests are uh, are prepared for ministry as they go into the tabernacle, they are anointed with oil, um, they, um, you know, uh, all these preparations that are there. Um, and then what you see in chapter 9 is the presentation of the priest, uh, when the priestly ministry would begin. There's always preparation before there is presentation. And always remember, don't despise the day of small things, and it's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And the Lord will get you to where you need to be, but just day by day, just serving the Lord where he has you, being used of the Lord. And always remember that your ministry starts at home, uh, guys. Um, Make sure that you are ministering to your wives, to your children, Um, and that is always going to be the priority. So, hey, we've had a great show. You hear the music. Um, Thank you all for calling in. Great questions today. It's always a privilege to be with you, and we will see you next time. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.